Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Liberty and the Law, the podcast series that examines the critical elements of a strong legal defense in criminal cases. Join respected attorney James Dore for this lively discussion on the rights of criminal defendants and the important role defense attorneys play in our legal system. Just a few weeks ago, the United States Supreme Court issued a ruling in the uh, Collins versus Virginia case an issue with Fourth Amendment implications. We'll uh, talk about that case in detail today as we enjoy another comprehensive look at the Fourth Amendment here on Liberty and the Law. Uh, hello again, everybody. Jim Mitchell. And in recent episodes on this podcast, we've, we've targeted individual cases to, uh, to start to better understand the application of the law in uh, different defense scenarios. And today we're going to do the same as this uh, very fresh Supreme Court ruling gets our attention with, of course, uh, very experienced guidance from Attorney James Dore a defense attorney at Lavelle Law. Uh, James, the ink is barely dry on this one, so I look forward to the discussion. Uh, I've got a lot to cover. Thanks for taking the time to do that today. Oh, you're welcome, Jim. It's uh, great to be back on, and uh, we have a great topic here. Always a good day to discuss constitutional law. Yeah, and we've got a good one, as, as you said. So let's, let's talk. I mentioned the Fourth Amendment. Just remind us, please, the basic protections provided by that particular piece of law. All right. Well, the Fourth Amendment, uh, it secures the right of the people. Uh, well, it states the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. So the, uh, what happens if that violated is a lot of what these constitutional decisions go into. Um, you know, what happens if there is a perceived constitutional violation and what brings about the finding that there is a violation? So um, in this case... Uh, the constitutional protection we're looking at is a protection of the home as, com- uh, as compared with protections given to things like automobiles. Well, it's interesting. You, you mentioned you know, the process there and, and um, uh, the, the rule of law, I guess, as it would apply. And what's interesting is that the, the finding uh, in this case supported the state of Virginia through the trial court, the Virginia appellate court, the Virginia Supreme Court, uh, you know, all, all resolutions adverse to Mr. Collins' claim. And then the U.S. Supreme Court saw things a little bit different than all the others. Can you sort of set the stage first by describing the core matter of this case? Sure. Well, this involved a stolen motorcycle. And on the facts of this case, um, a couple different officers had observed a motorcycle committing uh, traffic infractions at a pretty high rate of speed, I think, in, in the case that the dissent points out the motorcycle was traveling 140 miles per hour at one point. So... Um, the, the investigation um, turns up with the name of, of the uh, Mr. Collins in this case, and his Facebook uh, page, which is showed, uh, which had a picture of the motorcycle, which both the officers looked at and said, "Yeah, this, this is the same one." So, based on that, one of the officers went to the residence, um, parked outside, and then went up the driveway to where the uh, photo was shown uh, on Facebook showing the, the photograph or where the photograph had showed the motorcycle. Um, in this case, the motorcycle was covered by a tarp, and it was in an area of the driveway that, which is directly adjacent to the home in kind of a covered area with, with two walls and then the third wall being the, the house itself. So it was in a covered area directly next to the house. And the officer went, picked up the, the uh, lifted up the tarp that was covering the motorcycle, looked at the registration, looked at the vehicle identification number, went back and took, pick, took pictures of the bike, 
went back to his car, and then um, waited for the defendant to get home. So that was the basis of an arrest of the defendant, uh, a subsequent arrest to that, to that search. So you know, the decision looked at what kind of protections the Fourth Amendment gives to that area where that motorcycle was, was uh, kept mm-hmm. in that driveway. And, and it's interesting because I, a month or so ago we talked about a similar situation in which police entered someone's home without a warrant, and uh, we talked about the the matter of that particular case. Now, in this case, you just mentioned that motorcycle is outside the home. There's a term I see here in, in the ruling, uh, curtilage, I believe is is the word. I, right. you know, I, we might say driveway or something adjacent to the house, as you mentioned. What what, what is that term, and why is it relevant in this case? Okay. The reason it's relevant here is because of where the the motorcycle was parked. Now, I think a lot of the decision glosses over whether or not it was covered with a tarp. So that they, I think that, that um, skip, just skipping that part of it, if the motorcycle okay. was parked was on the street, the automobile exception would apply. Whereas there's less privacy interests in, in in moving vehicles. Okay, um, the government has a, a greater interest because the vehicle can be moved. Um, you know, contraband can be taken out of the jurisdiction before time can be had or before a warrant can be had to search a vehicle. And also because there's government uh, certain intrusions we're used to with vehicles, such as licensing. We have the vehicles that can be checked for registration, insurance. Um, even some states have, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, inspections of vehicles to make sure they're, they're safe conditions. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's the one interest that's balanced there. So, if the vehicle is parked on the street, lesser in, in interest in privacy. Now, here, the vehicle is parked in a driveway, what was called curtilage. Now, curtilage, why that's important is because curtilage is entitled to the same protection as the home. So, curtilage is defined um, as the, the area immediately surrounding and associated with the home. So um, examples of curtilage would be a front porch, uh, ones that the court have given are front porch, side garden, you know, areas just directly outside of a, of a window. So the fact that it's curtilage puts it in the house territory rather than street territory, which means you have um, all the protections that you would have in your home. So uh, any search without a warrant is deemed per se unreasonable. And I want to go back to, you mentioned the automobile exception, and that's an exception to the Fourth Amendment, which says, uh, if I'm paraphrasing and heard you right, you know, if a vehicle is out in the roadways, um, it is under less uh, requirements in terms of being able to search the contents of that vehicle than, than anyone would be in their home because of those, those items you mentioned. It's, it's out on the roadway, therefore it's, a, for lack of a better term, more fair game. Yeah, that's true. And really, and the protections are uh, the officer still needs probable cause to search Mm -hmm. that vehicle. But the officer would not need to go and get a warrant in advance to search like he would for a home. So because of the nature of the the, the automobile itself, um, the only protections are probable cause that there's no warrant requirement and searches without a warrant aren't deemed um, uh, unconstitutional, whereas... Uh, in a home, they would, you know, per se, be considered unconstitutional as unreasonable. And the, yeah, and that's perfect because you just you, you've got my next question already, which is, it's you know, some people say, hey, this is great police work. They they recognized this bike. They saw it on Facebook. They found the address. They went. They saw something that looked like it. They checked it out. 
they you know they hunted this thing down and they they found it but because of its location to me that sounds you know you use the term probable cause right probable cause it sounds like all the pieces come together but because of the location and the relevance to curtilage as it relates to the home now you can't just walk up and do that there that's where the case fell apart because the officer did not get a warrant right it, 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 this is excellent police work. I mean, they were right on the money when you think about uh-huh. it. But, you know, that same evidence brought to a judge would result in that officer getting a warrant to go and search that area. So uh-huh. this, but for one step, one step, this is not a hard requirement to go and see a judge. You know, this is, and we've had other uh, other cases where the Supreme Court has talked about um, how they can be uh, uh, warrants can be achieved uh, uh, by email and, and phone and electronic means can be used. Now it doesn't necessarily have mm-hmm. involve a great deal of time um, on the part of the officer. So excellent police work. That same police work, if he, that officer would have gone in front of a judge and said, "Yeah, I, I compared notes with my fellow officer. I found this uh, this evidence on Facebook. I even drove by the the, the house and saw." in the driveway that's covered by a tarp. I'd like to go and look underneath that tarp. You know, may I have permission? May I have a warrant to do so? That's all it would have taken. But because that one step was skipped, now we end up with the Supreme Court case, and uh, but we get things to talk about, so it does work out for us. <laughs> well, we uh, we always enjoy this conversation. We're talking to James Dorn, attorney at Lavelle Law, um, a highly regarded defense attorney, a strong supporter of constitutional rights, and we always get a great view of uh, various cases like this when uh, he joins us. Um, and you can read about many of them on the articles he's, he's authored, uh, as well as a complete library of Liberty and the Law podcast and some videos. Those are all available at lavellelaw.com. Um, as soon as our 15 minutes expire here, I suggest you just hop over there and take a look at uh, some of the things that you can find at lavellelaw.com. And, and as, as you were just describing, James, uh, you know, but for the lack of that warrant, we have ourselves uh, really a non-issue here. What, what though, was it that the Supreme Court saw in this case that the, you know, the three lower courts did not see, in terms of you know why they why they chose to reverse the, the finding? That's one thing I wonder about because I look at that and I think it's pretty clear that this area was curtilage to the home. Now they get stuck on it's a driveway, and I think the focus was driveway versus street first you know where it, i think it you know right away the court pointed out in the supreme court case that this is area is curtilage this has traditionally been protected by the court and by the constitution enforcing in, in, in you know by the court enforcing the constitution so um this is a traditional area uh protected by the constitution and you know is it in, in the decision you see where they cite you know the home is first among equals when it comes to protection uh, of the fourth amendment um you know, and I remember the, the last case that we had too, with that, that we were just talking about, with the search of the uh, the trailer park home. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the, the decision is clear that you know whether it's a, uh, uh, I think the, the, in this decision to say whether it's not it's a um, a frail cottage or a, a magnificent mansion, it's entitled to the same protections, um, and the home gets that those extra or that that solid constitutional protection. And the, and the curtilage, because it's so closely associated with the home and with, you know, the household activities, the fact that activities of the home extend can extend outside of the home into those areas of curtilage. So it's, 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 such, a pri- it's such a closely guarded um, privacy interest because of that, those activities are so closely associated with the home. 
It was uh, Justice, uh, Justice Alito, I think, that wrote the dissenting opinion on this, and he, he seemed to take strong exception to the reasonable cause question. My, my guess is you don't side with him on his view on that one. On this one, yeah, and I think he, he does gloss over the fact that the, that the officer has to go and pick up this tarp. You know, he, they talk mm-hmm. about vehicles on streets and everything else, but, you know, it, I think just that act of walking up that driveway into that, to that kind of a walled-off area and that picking up that, that tarp, that, I think, was, was key. Um, we don't even know that it was an automobile underneath the tarp until you look. You know, it could be mm-hmm. something else. It could be certainly something else besides a motorcycle. So, you know, with, with <laughs> you know, it, just that very act, then, I, you don't even know that you have any, a vehicle until you look under the tarp. Yeah, and so I think from a defense perspective, uh, you know, the, the focus is on, you know, the manner in which the evidence was gathered and, and how it's used in, in the, in the uh, court. Um, now, we've got a minute left, and, and one of the things we always do is kind of throw out some ideas about things we might want to talk about in the future. I, I found this case particularly interesting in that, and maybe you see this frequently, I'm, I'm sort of an observer, but uh, Justice Thomas wrote a separate opinion consenting he was. He agreed with with the uh, ruling, but he wrote a separate opinion. You know, first of all, is that common? And and if not, what was his purpose in doing something like that? Uh, you know, it's as common as judges want it to be. This is a Supreme Court justice, and they're entitled to, you know, have dissenting opinions, concurring opinions. They could just simply join the majority and and join in with the decision. So, in this one, Thomas clearly sent a signal to the court that the, the exclusionary rule, which was the rule that. Uh, um, dictates that the evidence um, obtained in violation of the Constitution be excluded from being used by the prosecution in their case in chief. So they can't use a motorcycle uh, um, as their case in, in part of their case in chief against a defendant in this case. So that evidence was excluded. And I think Justice Thomas, um, even though he's saying he has doubts about whether the um, whether or not the search was was proper or not, I think he says, "Okay, I'll, I'll I'll say that the search was proper or improper in this case for Fourth Amendment concerns." But he would also say that the, the evidence shouldn't necessarily be excluded um, because of that. That there's other methods to deal with violations by law enforcement of the Constitution. So he would say, "Follow those rather than exclude the evidence." Interesting. Well, um, as always, as I said, we like to, to uh, think about future discussions. We've got, uh, I'm sure, many more of these to go through. And I want to thank James Dorff for being with us today and uh, sharing his knowledge, as he always does. If you'd like to find out more from James, you can reach him at 847-705-7555. And once again, uh, stop by visit lavellelaw.com uh, to see all the information, past articles, podcasts, and uh, a great deal of information. And thanks for joining us.